Hello, welcome to the Axiom Podcast. I'm your host, Devin Dash, and I'm here today alone, actually. I don't have anybody with me, um, but that's okay because we're going to have a good time. And uh, we're kicking off our second part of the three-part series on preparation. And today we're going to be talking about place. Uh, we're going to be talking about the place element of preparation and what's important to consider with that. But before we dive in, I do want to just take a moment to kind of clarify what we're talking about. Like what is the, what's the context um, when we talk about place of preparation? Because in the world of philosophy and, and thinking and people who are you know, just more abstract in their, their mental models than me, um, there's a, a clear distinction that is made between place and space. Um, and, and that space is maybe a, a fixed geographic location. Um, it's, it's, a, it's an area that doesn't really have any meaning until we provide context to it. And that a place is more of an abstract idea. Um, it's something that we more subjectively sense. But I, I want to get away from all that because we, are t- we talk about space and place for preparation as two distinct concepts. And so I want to break down what we're talking about today. Um, because you could s- use synonyms, you could exchange place and space synonymously in our conversation um, somewhat today. And I don't want to do that because next week we're going to talk about the space element of preparation. So the example I want to kind of kick us off with um, is one that I'm sure many of us have experienced in our life. Um, we may have even done it ourselves. But picture yourself, we're going on a trip and or going on vacation, which is an exciting time. Uh, for everyone, but we're on vacation, and either we're we're the kid in the back seat, or our kids are in the back seat of the car. And you know, 30 minutes down the road, it's been a really great time, and they've fallen asleep. Um, so we we travel for a while, and we get to our destination. You know, so many hours later, and the first thing that our kids do if they've not been to this particular place before, they wake up in in a sort of a kind of fumbling and bumbling and trying to get their bearings about what's going on around and they ask the question, what is this place? And that's that's kind of where we're talking about. They don't they don't say what is this space. They say what is this place? They're looking for where we're at. Um, and so that's kind of the distinction that I want to um, make as we talk about the space ele- place element of preparation today. Um, that's where we're really talking about is is where. Um, so that's that's the first thing and I think it's probably the most obvious place to begin. And when we talk about the place element of preparation is we're really asking the question, where? Now, I say it's obvious because, you know, there's there's only so many places in our in our daily lives that we go or we we inhabit. Right. So we have our home office. That might be a place where we uh, choose to prepare. It might be at our office. Um, We've had some business owners who took a notebook and a pen to the woods And that is the place that they can get away and they can really prepare and and plan for things that are ahead of them in their, in their organization and their business. Um, Maybe we, we've even had some, some business owners as an example who maybe home is not a getaway because they have young kids or they have a growing family. Um, And, you know, their older children who are in and out of the house through different activities uh, are just hanging out with friends. And it's really hard to have a separate place that they can go to, uh, to focus on the bigger picture, focus on some project or task. And so we've had them, you know, business owners and leaders who rented two nights at a local hotel so that they can get away. 
they can have a place where they can devote uh, time and energy and focus to that the preparation work. And that's really the reality. What we're talking about is whatever place um, you decide or whatever whatever the place is in preparation, we are always kind of advocating for the place that you can guarantee zero interruptions and minimal distractions. That is probably the most important, obvious, uh, important thing to, to consider when you're thinking about where to plan and where to prepare is a place that you can guarantee zero interruptions and minimal distractions. And again, there's a lot of common sense in that idea, but how often do we actually put up the boundaries in order to guard our place? You know, that's a, that's a tough question, right? I'm not trying to shame anyone here for their lack of boundaries and preparation. I think what I just, um, instead, I'm, I'm calling out the reality that for some, you know, not, not all of us, because there are people who are not like me, who have a really innate ability to drown out the rest of the world. They're, they're maybe more task focused um, and they have that ability. But for me, it's not natural. Um, it's not a natural discipline to find an isolated place for preparation. And so this is an experience that I, I think many of our listeners, if, if not some of our listeners resonate with, is we are the business owner and we're the leader and it, we have a, a natural bent to want to leave the door open, right? And we leave our phone nearby because if something happens out in the field or a client calls, we want to be responsive and we want to um, be able to provide resources and provide resolutions for individuals and organization that have are struggling. And it's our tendency to leave the phone on, leave the door open, getting email, text, call notifications um, in the midst of a time and in a place where we would rather be preparing or maybe we should be preparing. And why do we do that? Like that, I think that's a big question that not to get too philosophical on, but why do we do that is, and I know for me, it's because I like people. One, I said that I'm not like those who probably don't struggle with this as much and that they can go head down. They can kind of drown out the noise and they can get focused on a task. But for me, I like people and I love to solve problems. <laughs> so sometimes those don't really go well together. But I leave my door open because I don't like the idea that other people are struggling that that members of my organization or you know peers in my network that that we we work collaborate with are struggling and they're struggling through a problem alone. But if if given the option between working on an isolated task and working with someone I will choose to work with people 80% of the time. Um, and that's probably, that's probably conservative, if, if I'm honest. That I'm probably working with people 90, 95% of the time as a preference. Um, that's just me. But, but for, for the business owners, for the listeners out there, you know, you pro- I, you're resonating with this in the sense that you prefer not to close your door if you can, if at all possible. You'd much rather work with people. And those, that's often kind of puts us in a, a hard spot because it's rubbing up against the need to close the door. It's rubbing up against the need to devote energy to uh, some future project um, and the preparation of that project. Um, and this, again, this issue of working with people and maybe leaving our door open and not having the strict disciplines um, and setting up boundaries in order to guard our place is a lot larger. It's exponentially larger for owners and leaders 
with larger teams because of the number of people that can grab us for a quick second, right? We've all heard that before. Like, Hey, can I, do you have a quick second? And that quick second turns into five minutes, which turns into 10, which turns into 15, which turns into, you know, setting new goals for the following year and creating new tools and setting up new processes and, you know, installing new software and, Right. So the, the wormhole goes on and, and finally we find ourselves so far away from that, that preparation that we wanted to be doing. Um, it's just, it just becomes a, a vortex that we get sucked into. Um, so the, the number of people that can grab us for a quick second, it, it makes that, that problem exponentially larger. Um, and we don't have to dig too far into the psyche to understand that. Simply put, right, on our worst days, we're instant gratification kind of people. Um, and, and we like that dopamine hit that comes from making decisions and helping others solve problems. So for me, that's, that's hundred percent true. Um, and I'm a procrastinator, right? And, and that's another, you know, something to be aware of as a business owner, as a leader in your organization, when you think about preparation in general, um, is, you know, do you have a tendency towards procrastination and we'll get there a little bit, but identifying a place, the where that you're going to prepare exponentially increases the chances that you actually make that time to prepare and you, and you go to that place and you do the preparation work that you, that needs to be done. So anyway, while it might, might be common sense that our preparation um, place has zero interruptions, just it's important that you recognize that this might be something you have to fight against your own natural tendencies and life rhythms for. And perhaps this means rethinking your current preparation place. So wanted to just t- shift gears for a second, considering that it's important our place is a place of zero distractions or and minimal distractions and interruptions, and give you guys some real-world examples. Um, maybe as you're rethinking the place that you prepare, uh, you're 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 stuck. You don't really know of another place, right? You you go work, you go to lunch, you go home, you have your office, but there's not really, you know, you need a, you need a break in your routine. So here's some examples that I thought were really cool. Um, and what better example to kick off with than one where failure in preparation itself is probably, probably has the highest stakes. Um, and I'm talking about the United States military. So I love story time and I get an opportunity. My brother is a member of the national guard. Um, he's served since he was a senior in high school. He joined think his junior year uh, he went to basic training and senior year graduated from high school went to AIT uh, and he's going to make a career out of it so something that that is really honorable and and anybody who serves in the military we really appreciate your service Um, but he's in the military he's in the national guard and he's completed a handful of missions Um, some have been stateside and he's filled in for units who are are serving uh, in our nation's capital, um, and some have been international, but the unique thing, uh, or maybe not the unique thing about his deployment is that each time he's deployed, there's always a period prior to the actual, like launch for mission that he is, he goes for briefing. So his deployment might not be, you know, might be a 10 month long deployment, but he goes he's he's gone for 12 months because of this briefing period where he goes to base and he's there to kind of eliminate any distractions from the outside world he leaves his his home he leaves his work he goes on leave 
um, from these places. And he is enthralled and, and intertwined in military affairs. So he leaves a civilian life and goes to, to base for a briefing. And this is something that, that I, you know, kind of just is, is normal for anybody who's listening that has a military background, like you know this. Um, but its application for us is super cool because it, it maybe it is that retreat. Maybe it is that breaking away and going to a separate place um, that isn't home or office, that is maybe more of that hotel mindset. Or you go to a cabin in the woods for a week. Um, where you get away from the noise and, and the, the distractions and the civilian pursuits, quote unquote, that you have on a daily basis. Um, and this is at all levels of the military. I think another thing is is unique and, and something cool is when it comes to the U.S. The military's most elite, um, the special forces, they have guidelines actually for isolation planning, uh, which is a cool and distinction for a type of planning that is usually conducted in an isolation facility prior to a mission. Um, and there's, there's set timeframes for this, uh, for what I can find out, what I found on the internet. Um, but the reason they do this is also really cool and, and kind of gives some additional layers to this and nuance to this conversation about the place for preparation. And the first reason that they do this is first and foremost, to ensure the security of the mission. Obviously when you're dealing with things that, that are, you know, my guess is confidential that you have clearance levels that you have to be, you know, have in order to be able to talking uh, about certain missions that, you know, the average Joe would know nothing about. The one reason that the special forces do isolation planning is to ensure the security of the mission. Uh, They can't have any tips that go, go to the outside world. uh, And when they're, when they're working with on, you know, things that are influencing nations. Um, And the second reason is to insulate the operations team from administrative and kind of non-related tasks that might de- might detract from mission planning, right? So, so just focusing on those two things, let, let's let's go back and talk about the first one, which is to ensure the security of the mission. And you know, as business owners, we we get working with business owners, we know that a lot of the conversations and a lot of the the thoughts and the planning that you guys are doing. It is extremely sensitive work, right? Because you're not just operating in a silo. You're not just operating in a vacuum. Decisions you make are infecting uh, top-level managers that are affecting, you know, mid-level work managers, which are affecting your field workers. And oftentimes in our planning, that like that's sensitive material. It's not something that we should take. You know, you don't take lightly. Um, and you want that confidentiality um, because God forbid something gets out that, that we have not even thought through all the details of yet. And, you know, we've seen this happen where someone catches wind of an idea and because there's no legs and because we, we're not ready to proactively communicate about the plan and the narrative, we have five different stories before the end of the business day about what's happening in the organization. So, you know, considering and kind of pulling uh, best practice from the U.S. military's playbook is considering that place that is not just free from interruptions and, and distractions, but that's also private and you know has has a level of confidentiality to it, so that you have the freedom to be able to whiteboard or do whatever you need to do um, to plan and prepare. And then moving on to that second reason, uh, that's just to drive home the point, right? To insulate the operations team 
from administrative and non-mission related tasks. And we've never, I mean, you're, I'm being tongue in cheek here, but if you're listening, you've never been working on something and had someone come into your door and say, Hey, can I grab you for a quick second? And they're trying to plan the office party at the end of the month. And you have, you, if you haven't done a good job at setting boundaries, then you get sucked into this, this conversation. And even if it is like, you, you know, you put your finger up and you say, I'm sorry, I'm really focused on this thing right now. You've lost at least 20 minutes. Even if it's a, a two minute interruption, you know, the time that it takes for you to disconnect from the work that you're doing and, you know, dive headlong into, okay, well, the 15 questions that come up for this person who's planning a, you know, office party at the end of the month that may or may not be responsible for that. And you just get distracted. And that's why you set a place that, that is isolated so that you don't have those distractions um, in the administrative tasks that you're responsible for on a daily basis. That said, I think, I think, so again, just pulling from the military, I think that's a really, one of the cool examples. Um, and they're just good examples of, of how the military, how one organization identifies the importance of a distraction-free place for preparations. Um, and, and that's, again, many reasons for that. I mentioned two of them. And it's just ultimately up so that the soldiers can disconnect from their routines and focus on and prepare. Another example kind of going into our, our experience uh, and one from a client is, is, and I've already alluded to this, is the place of the office, you know, the example of the office place as that place of preparation, and, you know, and maybe, maybe the pressure of figuring out where you're going to plan is another item on your to-do list that you just don't have time to, to devote brain power to and thinking about where is actually going to take you away from the activity of preparation and planning yourself. And we don't want to do that. <laughs> so I want to um, just give you this example that comes from a client who found themselves in this place where they couldn't just leave the office. Um, and they, it, it was a more difficult to think of a place to plan um, than to actually just dive headlong into the planning in the office itself. Um, but they also understood the need to for boundaries because they knew that if they just kept the office setting as their place of planning, that they would get distracted. They, they knew that it was an open door policy in this organization. Um, and so they, they just knew they had to set up some guardrails to prevent distractions. So they became very passionate champions of closed door time. Uh, and if you are listening and you're, you're familiar with Axiom and we, we appreciate working with you and we thank, thank you for listening. But a closed door time is nothing fancy. It's actually exactly what it sounds like. Uh, it's, and you've heard of it before. It's just a time when leaders decide I'm not going to accept any interruptions. And so they close the door. And that means that my not- notifications are turned off. My phone is turned on do not disturb. And it means don't knock. And definitely don't just walk in. And so this client, um, you know, there's a, and there's a lot more nuance to this. And we could probably do a whole podcast episode on closed door time. Um, but the, it's, and it's a learning curve, right? So there's nuance to how you do it and how you implement it in your organization. Uh, and there's a learning curve for organizations who have had um, open door policies and want to implement this or who currently have an open door policy and want to implement this. But that's for another time. 
So this client, they went through all the iterations. Um, they learned all the new through all the nuance, and they they you know followed the learning curve to make sure that their office was a place that they could prepare. Uh, and even to the point now, I thought this is just this is so cool walking through their office that they have little LED lights on their door, um, and they're colored. So th below that, they have a little answer key that says to everyone who walks by the door. Uh, the light means, you know, if it's green, it means my door is closed, but come on in. Um, or you have, you know, the opposite end of the spectrum, when, which is the light is red. And that means I'm entangled in something that you should only knock if someone's in a life-threatening situation, right? And so that's a, just another unique way where they've totally owned this idea that the office space is a, is a sacred place where they can close their door um, and have you know, that barrier um, to interruptions and distractions. And, and it has become that place where they can plan and prepare. Um, and so again, that's just all of this is to say, you know, what's that place for you? Where Where is your place where you're free from distractions um, or you ha can have minimal distractions and zero interruptions? And interruptions is something that we can definitely probably guard more than distractions. Sometimes we have our own um, rabbit trails that we go on in our brain. And so dis distractions may not, may be a little bit more difficult to fight against, but interruptions is definitely something that we can work to eliminate uh, in the place that we choose to prepare. So moving on, I guess just to uh, kind of wrap it up here, there's a couple of other talking points for place and what to consider when we're talking about the place element of preparation um, and this came, one of this, this next one comes from a good friend. Uh, he's a referral partner. Um, give him a shout out, Chris Williams at Agento. Uh, just talking with him and picking his brain in, in preparation for this podcast and thinking, hey man, tell me about your preparation place and what, what's that like and what goes into setting your space, setting your place for preparation. Um, you know, he gave me a little bit of his routine and it's really cool. Um, just from the, from the aspect that he, you know, we talked about this last week. He decides that Sunday afternoons are the time and his place is, is his house, but he gets an opportunity to have the, the house to himself. Um, and the, the unique thing that I want to talk about here is just what's the general kind of ambiance of the place that you're going to be in. Um, and he mentioned music. He loves jazz music. And so he turned on, he turns on jazz music and that's helpful for him to, you know, break routine, you know, he doesn't, doesn't normally listen to jazz music, you know, throughout the office during the week, but it's his time to just play, you know, play jazz music and think about what is going on in this next week, um, and implement some of the other aspects of preparation that are important. Um, he, he does a great job, not just planning space and, and not just having, the play set, but he, he really follows the time element of preparation really well and sets time and space in his week in order to be able to have preparation time blocked out in his week um, in, in between individual activities. Um, but I thought that was really cool. Just as you think about the space, it, it, you know, the space um, synonymous with place, kind of the ambiance of the room, background music and noise uh, may be helpful to getting you in a, in a good mindset for preparation. 
And, you know, as he said that, one of the cool things that stuck out to me was this is something that I've actually experienced um, when I was in college. I, it may be paradoxical, but Starbucks became a really productive place for me uh, to study, to plan, to to work. And I think part of the reason was because they have really done a great job leveraging their place um, and leaned into the fact that this is going to be a place where people are going to work and it's going to be productive. So yes, there's a lot of noise, but there's not the, the outlets and the access to outlets. If you're going to be working on a laptop is really well set up. So there's, there's supplies, there's resources in the place for you to be able to do work. Um, I think there's the general attitude that people are coming there to work it's not odd for you to put in headphones and to ignore the rest of the world. You know, there's a general respect that everybody in that place has for each other. You know, I don't, I don't know about you, but when I go to Starbucks, I don't get a lot of strangers coming up to me and, you know, striking up a conversation about what I'm working on. It tends to be, it's an accepted norm that what you're working on in that place is private. So you don't run into that, that issue there. Um, And so Starbucks is just a good example of setting up a place with music and and maybe just some general norms that help for that preparation or that work to happen. Uh, another item to think about is how organized is the place? You know, what's the layout of the room? Is it cluttered where you don't feel like you have easy access to information or pencils or whiteboards or, you know, dry erase markers if you're going to be working on, on those items to uh, doodle or you know, plan just through jotting out some, some quick notes. Um, and then lastly, just going the, the idea that, um, and I don't want to stop without saying this is that when you consider the place in regards to preparation, don't, don't miss this fact that when we are setting goals or when we're planning or weren't committing to a practice, when we decide where something is going to happen, the chances of success go up greatly. So that's kind of the last element that I'll leave you with today as as we think about this space place element of preparation. Uh, Excuse me, I'm using those terms synonymously now. Uh, As we talk about the place uh, element of preparation, there is just kind of the the standard common sense idea that, that whatever place you choose, make sure it's one with zero interruptions and minimal distractions. Um, and consider to the background noise, what's going on around, what do you want in that space, that place, um, to be able to be conducive to good preparation, whether that's notes, uh, or, or supplies, whiteboards, pen and paper, just notepads in general. Um, maybe it's the layout of the room itself. And then finally, again, that piece that when you decide on a place, and you have scheduled it in your calendar because we talked about that last week, that last episode. And you put the location of where you're going to plan in that that calendar appointment. Your chances of actually following through with the preparation um, goes up exponentially. So I appreciate you guys listening today. Uh, thanks for listening to the Axiom Podcast. Uh, we'd love your thoughts and your feedback. Leave us comments uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. Um, and give us a rating. Thanks so much. And we'll talk to you guys soon.